Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsenses? Hello. We are back in your ear holes for another great episode of the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yordis. And if you're joining us for any time other than the first, welcome back. Hello. Um, so um, I'm just going to dive right in. That's nice. I'm going to dive right in. No, no, no tete-a-tete. No, no audio foreplay. No. What are, you, what are you trying to say, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> um, just dive straight in. Uh, resilience is what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a subject that I think is actually pretty pretty important in this day and age, uh, particularly with people now trying all their side gigs, their side hustles. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of par for the course, I think. It's not... We're not in a world where you go to a job and you stay there until retirement anymore mm-hmm. um so it's something that we're all kind of facing on a daily basis now even if just on your commute <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, this was your idea for something that you wanted to talk about but i think i think you're right to 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 bring it up um so gem yes what is resilience what is resilience yeah um what is it I think resilience is a lot of things, really. But I think number one is having a goal in mind and then just doing everything in your power to actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately we know that, well, ultimately things aren't going to come easy. You're going to come up yeah, against right. struggles. And I think if it was easy, everyone would do it. Exactly that. And also, I mean, a good example is a book I've read I don't know, a few months ago. It's like The Obstacle is the Way. It's this idea that actually anything good that you're trying to go after you're going to constantly come up to different like walls that you need to break through mm-hmm. and we've all heard it before everyone says oh that's it like with entrepreneurship it's like fail and fail again it's this idea that yeah you do need to kind of hit these blocks where you're kind of like you know what forget it but then it's only by continuing pursuing you've got that whole mm-hmm. image that everybody shares of the guy digging gold and one stops and the other one's got one more dig and he's going to find the gold and i think resilience nowadays anyway is something is a skill that i think everybody needs who's trying to pursue something that's kind of Mm. outside of the norm and it's for me the subject came up because obviously me and wayne do a lot of talking at our university and it was a subject that they kind of wanted to um cover with a lot of the students and when it comes to them pursuing their sort of social enterprises and i just think that um 
don't know, I just think it's something that it's a skill set ultimately. Mm. I know for myself, when I was freelancing, um, it's something that you kind of, you come up against these walls. People don't want to do work with you. You've got to kind of get over them. And I think just like anything, like a muscle, I think resilience can be trained. And it's this is mm. idea that every time something goes bad, you just take a step back and then you just kind of attack it at a different angle. There's always an option available for you. And so, yeah, I think mainly like understanding that resilience is a practice and it's something that you just got to hone. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Nice to put there, Jim. But let's, let's talk about, so let's talk about the specifically the entrepreneurial side, because I think that's where we, we lean with, with this podcast more than anything else. Um, you mentioned kind of like this fail and fail again thing. And I think it's, it's, um, one of the skills I think that's that's super important with entrepreneurs, kind of as you said, as you said with resiliency being a skill that you need, is I think there's this idea that you should just try something and don't worry about whether or not it fails, and to kind of take the outcome out of the equation and just that, as you say, the kind of the person digging for gold is like, nope, not this time. I'll try again. Nope, not this time. Maybe it'll be next time, and just that continuing kind of persistence, I guess. Uh, with the resiliency that's that's super important and and i think um i might might be speaking out of turn i don't know but i think it's actually something that um recent times the way that society is kind of like a, a a political correct politically correct way of looking at things um in terms of just like the way we educate kids and stuff this whole this whole um Black it's the white, taking part right. that take yeah. that counts and um, the the medal for participation and things like that and that kind of way of looking at things of, oh, it'll be okay, you know, and that kind of moddy coddling, cotton wool idea that I think is actually damaging to people's resiliency. Um, and I think um, it's now, rather than being a skill that, like when we were kids, we used to go out in the, go out and you used to fall over and it used to really freaking hurt because it was like really shitty tarmac <laughs> playground. And now all the playgrounds are like padded. And like when that kid, the first time that kid falls over on a hard surface, they might be like 12 years old. They're going to cry their bloody eyes out because they're not used to the pain. You know what I mean? And I, th- I think we've kind of, it's now becoming a skill that, that people are having to learn in adulthood rather than one that perhaps they've learned through growing up yeah i think it's a good point i think like resilience is something that's more gritty i think that is it is having grit is being resilient is kind of like that's it you're willing for you're you're okay to get a bit of pain you're okay to take it on and i think that is something that a lot of people lack i think especially like people who are early on in that sort of entrepreneurial dream or whatever they're trying to go after i think as soon as a little bit of like I don't know something doesn't work out the way they hope they kind of back away from it Mm -hmm. and I think that that's that's something that I think over time I've just learned now I expect like having a business now I expect things to go wrong every single day there's something that's gonna there's fires to constantly put out and I just think that now for me that's kind of part of the package is kind of accepting that there will be problems and Mm -hmm. that you're just going to keep going keep finding a new way around it if someone's figured it out if someone's had that problem overcome it so can I and I think it becomes sort of like a inbuilt method within my brain now that just understands that yes there is a way out of this but then I think that does take time that does take like a lot of like practice it also takes actually putting in the work and actually having those problems and overcoming them Mm. But um, I think I think like I went to a uh, talk with Daniel Priestley, who wrote Key Person of Influence and also 
recently wrote a new book, 24 Assets, and he kind of broke it down quite nicely because I think with resilience, you can get sort of caught up in this whole entrepreneurial quote meme world of like, oh yeah, just try hard and just keep doing it and eventually you'll get there. Like that's a good way of looking at it. But actually I think that resilience isn't, it is that whole kind of going after things and kind of understand that stuff's going to be hard and going again, again, the obstacle is the way, but actually he kind of put it quite nicely in this workbook that he handed out, which was this four things to kind of consider when you are trying to become resilient. And I think actually it's a way more rounded way of looking at things. So I'm going to, I'll probably share this picture on the blog as well, or we're on the, yeah, on the page that we put the podcast on, but I'm going to just break down these four points that he covers and maybe we'll bring them up and then mean you can kind of riff yeah. on each one. Sure. So there's four different points on this um, graph that he can kind of shares. And so the first one is this idea that having passion again, that's a word that we all hear in this whole entrepreneurship world. But I think for passion, especially, I think like unless you're doing something that you generally uh, feel energy towards or you feel excited about, there's no way you're going to be resilient. It's why, people get into entrepreneurship and come up with an idea that they think is going to make money, mm. which, yeah, it probably has a lot of opportunity for that, but then there's no passion behind it. It's not something they actually genuinely enjoy. Again, you can't be resilient there. Yeah, you can't you find the motivation. The first hurdle, won't you? Yeah, exactly. So I think like passion is something that it kind of lights that fire. It kind of helps you when there's, when it gets tough, you're going to keep moving forward. Mm. Um, any other points on that, Wayne? Um, no, I think that one's, you know, I mean, they're all fairly self-explanatory, really, which is why they're kind of ingredients rather than a, than a concept itself. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as I just said, like if you if you're lacking the passion, then you're not going to have that resilience because you'll just kind of go, eh, "This is too hard. See you, bye." Yeah. Um, and I think you know, particularly, I think particularly with artistic in- endeavors, I think that's that's particularly clear. There are p- the people that go oh, it will be great and it will be fun and maybe I'll be able to make some money off it and make a living doing that thing. And then there are people like, no, I need to do this and I'm going to make money because I need to do it. And I think the difference is the ones that go, I'm going to make money doing this because I need to do it are the ones that will stick at it as opposed to the ones that go, oh, well, it would be nice to, you know, be able to make a living off of just playing my guitar Mm -hmm. and singing down to microphone. You know, those people will eventually not pursue it and not and lack the resilience because they're they're doing it because they're not doing it out of the passion they're doing it because they like it and mm-hmm. i think there's a significant difference between being passionate about something and just liking something mm-hmm. and then on the other side of that the other point he makes is this idea of income and i think like you said there like you can be the guitarist and you can love playing your guitar but actually if it's not viable to the life we live in if it doesn't make you any income which helps you sustain yourself, then actually you can't be resilient because actually we spoke a lot about that sort of psychological side of actually having money keeps mm. you stable. And so that also is one of those ingredients that I think needs to be in place because I think and like anybody, especially in a creative endeavor, you could write all day long and you could be passionate about doing that. But actually if there's no income coming from it, we do live in that society where we need to have money. And so mm-hmm. unless you have that in place, you cannot pursue it yourself. You have work so that you can pursue your acting. Mm-hmm. It has to be in place. And I think that often that's sort of overlooked, especially from that entrepreneurial creative side of things. Yeah, yeah. And I think the the kind of the passion income combination is really the entrepreneurial combination Mm -hmm. um most entrepreneurial ventures come from i'm passionate about this thing and i i found a way or i want to find a way to make money either solving that thing i'm passionate about or doing that thing that i'm passionate about and that's usually where the entrepreneurial combination 
goes because then it's like, oh, well, that's the passion. There's the business model. Combine the two. There's my business. Mm -hmm. And obviously that makes for, even that in itself can help you sustain something, make more resilient. But another, the third point that uh, Daniel makes is this idea of contribution. And I think really what that does is bringing this more social aspect, that sort Mm -hmm. of social enterprise. It's actually, it's my passion. I'm making some money from it, but actually this is actually giving back to a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another powerful thing. But you can have a few of these in place as well. Ultimately, you want to have all four but like if you felt you're making a, uh, a contribution and you're passionate about something, again, it's two more parts of that bow that makes you resilient. It's mm-hmm. kind of another thing in place. I'm passionate. I love doing this. I know I'm doing good. Now I've just got to figure out the other two. I've got to find out how I can make income. And so it's kind of how do you fully uh, fill that package or that whole, <laughs> in, like you said, with the ingredients, how do you kind of finish that recipe mm-hmm. to have all these things in place for resilience to happen, basically? Yeah. Any other t- any thoughts on the contribution part? I think it's pretty... no, not really. I think again, I think again, I think with all of these, they're fairly self-explanatory. But I think the 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 contribution thing, I think, just adds to the it's it's almost like the extra to the passion, right? Because if you're passionate about a certain field, for example, and then you create a business around that, it's the if you're, it's the it's the kind of the change the world ingredient, isn't it? Really, I mm-hmm. suppose, where you kind of are like, okay, well, I'm not happy with the state of affairs. I'm going to make it better. Um, and you're also accountable to other people now. Right. Like these people who are in need are need are now relying on you to solve that thing. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got other people that are kind of like, you know what? I know it's hard. It's going bad, but actually, what you're doing is helping us, and we need your help. And then that makes you be like, you know what? yeah, that person won't help me out of this. I'm going to keep trying until they finally do. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives you that little energy yeah. as well. Um, so the last one there is um, recognition. And I think that one I think is is quite interesting actually because I think it's probably more, I guess, I don't know. Do you think a lot of people chase that recognition side of thing? I don't think it's a must, but I think it's kind of, it's probably helps to be resilient. It's like if someone, if you're passionate and then you win an award for something, mm. that is again part of those resilient things. Well, I know I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about doing this thing and I've got recognition, so it means I am good, which means I probably have the ability to get the income eventually. Okay, yeah, interesting. Um, I mean, let's, I'm going to deal with the elephant in the room quite significantly <laughs> here. Let's just put it out there and let's, all accept the fact that the, we're all incredibly self-involved narcissists, right? <laughs> Let's just accept that for a fact. Selfish gene, all that sort of stuff. We're we're self-involved. So <laughs> let's remove the arrogance side of the recognition from the equation because whether you want to admit it or not, you're really arrogant, you're really self-involved. Um, so <laughs> now that we've settled on that, we can actually deal with the, the recognition side of things. And um, it's interesting because I think... To a degree, I think the recognition could actually be the catalyst for a lot of people, um, particularly um, as it revolves around, particularly when they're in school, the formative years Someone where... Saying you're good at something. Yes, exactly. That was what ultimately started me off on the acting uh, path, because when I was at school, my best grades were always in drama. Always, always, always. So I was like... I finally found something I'm actually good at. Um, And so then because of that, I got encouragement, which then actually 
I took caused me to have a deeper thinking of about it and took took a deep dive on the subject, which created the passion. Um, and then somebody went, oh, you can make a career out of this. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe then about the... So for me, the recognition bit was the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think uh, that same recognition can be ballooned in people's minds and they can have delusions of grandeur, which <laughs> is why if they don't have the passion and it's all about the recognition and not about the passion, why mm-hmm. they'll ultimately... Because, I mean, let's be honest, there are so many people... And I think we've we've all done it where we go, oh, I'm really good at this. And now I'm going to take over the world. And they take that leap. It's like from one thing of being like, I've got a bit of talent to I'm going to be the best in the world. But there's actually that work, that, that bit in the middle of getting to becoming the best in the world. And I think, um, again, I think artistic endeavors, you see it with actors all the time. I hate to say it, but it's so freaking true. There are so many actors that have become actors because they want to be famous, not because they want to be good actors. Um, I think you see the same with musicians. You've seen the same with entrepreneurs now. Yeah. Entrepreneur, entrepreneurship has become a thing. It's like, I want to be a famous entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there are so many people going into the entrepreneurial realm being like, I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs or I'm going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or I'm going to be the next Gary Vee. Um, seeing so many fucking Gary V ripoffs, it's unreal at the moment. <laughs> it's really starting to piss me off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, Gary V does openly go do what I do, so yeah. he's brought it upon himself, I suppose. But um, but yeah, the people are doing it for the wrong reasons, going after the recognition rather than the passion, the income, or even the contribution to a degree. Um, so for me, the recognition one's the most controversial one because I think that's the one that leads people down the wrong path mm-hmm. too, too early. Yeah, I like, I like what you said there, because I do believe like, that recognition one is the one that can kind of bite you early on. Like yeah. you say, a teacher saying, yeah, you're good at this. But then later on, again, then I think those sort of recognition and passion are the ones that are usually going to get you when you're young. Mm. But I was, just, I was just looking at this, uh, this the diagram, and I was thinking, actually, if you just half it down, what's that sort of angle? <laughs> uh, 45 degree? Yeah, well, if you yeah, just half it down the middle. Diagonally? Yeah, diagonally down the middle kind of thing. They, bearing in mind the listeners can't see this. Exactly, but on the <laughs> in my mind, I need to say it. So basically, the two on the, the bottom side, you've got contribution income. I think what they are are actually the feedback. Mm. So actually, yeah, you can have the recognition and you can have the passion, but I think unless you feel you're making, unless you're actually having a contribution or you're making income, I guess there's not really, you're not actually getting on any feedback on whether you're actually, what you're doing is... Well, no, surely that would be recognition and income. Mm. But then, I mean, meaningful feedback is that actually what you're doing is making a contribution. Recognition is just for yourself. So I think that's more okay. internal. Okay, the... yeah. So it's internal and external. Yeah, I think kind rather, of. Than, rather than feedback, because recognition yeah. by definition has to be feedback. Yeah, internal. Internal feed... versus external. Yeah, and yeah. so that external one is the kind of, okay, I'm making money and I'm getting a... I'm making a contribution to other people outside of myself. Yes. Because I think it's easy to, it's probably easier to cover the internals. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you've, the internals are your passion and your recognition. Yeah. It's, it's, am I excited by this and does it stroke my ego? Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Basically. Exactly. Um, it, uh, at a base, at a very base level, am I excited? Does it stroke my ego versus, um, is this something that actually provides value, therefore creates income? And is this something that's going to improve something, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, 
um, the world or the, whether it's people. world starvation yeah. or or the um global warming or yeah. even if it's just you know improving one person's or something outside life, of yourself you know um so yeah so uh, yeah i think external internal is 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 a good way of putting it um but i think it's very true i think it's very true I think we should take a quick yes, break we should take, and then we we'll take kind it. of regroup. Yes, let's. <laughs> uh, so uh, we need to thank uh, the University of Northampton uh, for their continued sponsorship of the show. Um, University of Northampton is great. It's been great for us. It's been great for other students. We've been working Recognition, with... income and contribution. And yeah, passion. well, I have... Oh, well, let's, <laughs> I'm going to tick them off. I'm going to tick them off. So uh, income, well, they sponsor the show, so... So that's that helps us keep the lights on. Uh, contribution, well, that's partly why we started the podcast to begin Listeners with. Listeners and students uh, we speak to. Recognition, well, I got my I got my award. We've been nominated for an award, mm-hmm. uh, so that's two two ticks in the recognition box for me. Yeah, uh, one one for you. Cheers. Um, just putting that out there. I've been I've won an award and been nominated for one. You've only been nominated for one. Not that I'm competitive. Ego. Who said ego? <laughs> Um, and then passion Passion is something we both enjoy Mm. the things we talk about are stuff we generally actually have an interest in and actually want to know more about so we cover that and that's a prime example actually I know you've got an ad break here but actually that is a prime example of the fact that we've continued to do the podcast over this many years is because it's covered all those bases and so we've stayed resilient We've, we've spoke many times what if we didn't have the sponsorship would it continue what if maybe we've had we've had years where we had no money but we were getting recognition whether it was just through reviews or someone mm. saying oh great podcast or oh look 200 people have visited this blog post that was recognition in some mm. ways um and then the contribution is always there in our minds that we hope that people who are reading are actually getting um value out of what content we're putting out there and passion was always there. passion was for me the influence for why i even started my blog in the first place and mm. so it's interesting to see that we now are ticking actually all of those points in that resilience uh, diagram and that's probably a big reason to why it continues today to almost episode 200 mm-hmm. just saying um but yes as far as the income box is concerned we have a massive thank to give to the University of Northampton um, for, as I say, they help us keep the lights on here. And uh, that is really freaking helpful, (laughs) really freaking helpful um, to allow us to continue to do this. So um, the University of Northampton, as far as you are concerned, why why are they significant? Well, for us, um, they cover a lot of the angles that we look at as far as education is concerned and the entrepreneur entrepreneurial side of things they're not just a university that's focused on giving you a degree and sending you out the the door going good luck see you soon um they very much like to be involved with their alumni which is great and they are also very very good at encouraging entrepreneurial thinking entrepreneurial ventures uh they've helped me set up uh, a business my my theater company they've provided support for the podcast so they are very very much on an entrepreneurial angle particularly as it pertains to social enterprise which is really the big massive tick in the contribution box for resilience really which is about making the world a better place but also ticking the income box as well and making the money 
uh, to ensure that you can continue doing that as well. So that's their real big focus. So if you're thinking, yeah, I do want to go to university, I want to get a degree, I want to study in a particular field, but I've also got this business idea that's been floating around in my head, then I definitely recommend checking them out. Northampton.ac.uk and a huge thank you to them for supporting the show. Lovely. Thanks. Um, so, okay. So we've talked about what resilience is. We've talked about the ingredients of resilience. So I guess my big question would be, and I'm posing this to you because you've talked about how much you've gone through this resilience process yourself. Um, how can we make ourselves more resilient? Um, I think number one... What, in fact, what have you done, first of all, to make yourself more resilient? Let's start with you and then we'll branch off from there. <laughs> Might make it easier. I think for me, I guess really I've sort of learned without knowing this diagram is how to cover those bases. I probably was unaware that these things were happening, mm -hmm. but also just an understanding that to stay fluid, to understand that there are challenges constantly going to come up. But I think it's, it's, it's a self-belief in yourself, but that takes yeah. time because if you feel confident in yourself and your own abilities, then you're more likely to kind of have a problem and be like, yeah, I'll solve that. Well, this is why these four ingredients are so important though, right? Because the more recognition you get, for being, you know, and and the more recognition you get, the more confidence you're going to have, which is mm -hmm. which means therefore the more energy you're going to put into whatever it is mm -hmm. that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and if the same thing, if you start like me starting my business, as soon as you get that first customer that pays you, right. that kind of covers the recognition that wow, someone wants to pay me and mm -hmm. I've earned the income, and this is the thing I started was actually something I was passionate about, and so resilience builds from you constantly kind of like touching each of these areas mm -hmm. because i think if you if, i think that's the good thing is that once you've got this aware which make sure when you listen to this podcast you go over and look at this diagram and you'll see if there's something that you're doing are you covering any of these bases or do you touch into them and i think for me is that idea that as soon as you're yeah it's like what you're saying you just kind of keep doing things and before long you're getting recognition it's building your confidence up and it's kind of I don't know, just over time, you just get to the point where you're just like, you know what, I can do this as a belief in yourself mainly. It's just, I know it's possible. Someone's done it, it's possible. I've got the internet at my disposal. There's something needs doing or someone I need to contact. It will happen, end yeah. of. And I think it's trying to get into that point in your own head, mm. which may take years. Who knows? There's probably a lot of like internal work that you probably have to oh, do to kind of initially even believe that that's possible. If you've constantly been told you're rubbish at this, you're stupid, you're, you're the idiot of the family, you're the one that, of course, then suddenly it's going to be a lot harder for you to have that belief in yourself. Mm. But once it's there, it does take, I and mean, we've got a point on here, it's this idea of like emotional resetting. I think a lot of the time you have to kind of like do a little emotional reset Absolutely. and kind of like look back at some of your history and what's mm. kind of holding you back. Well, before you can kind of have that self-awareness again. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because I last... Well, not last Friday, but uh, just just over a week ago, I actually went for a meeting uh, with an actor uh, just to kind of give me some, some pointers in the right direction uh, of things. Because this year's not been a great year for me acting career-wise. It started out really well, and then I lost my agent... Um, because they decided they want didn't want to be an agent anymore, <laughs> and so I've been agentless, and so I've I've done some real reassessment of me as an actor and kind of the way I'm placed in the industry, and and kind of come to some realizations uh, about that. So I went for this meeting, and um, I was so glad I did because this guy he looked at all my stuff, all my CV, my headshots, my showreel, and stuff. He was like, 
yeah, you've got a really strong future ahead of you. He's like, you're you're good. Like you you understand this, you understand that, and that's clear just from looking at your work. Um, he's like, but you know, so what we have to solve is why you're not moving forward. And because it's there, you've got what you need. All the ingredients are there, really. You just need to know what you need to leverage and whatnot. And my God, did that did that make me feel much, much better? Because I was kind of like getting to the point where it was kind of like, <sighs> I felt like the industry was beating me down, um, which, you know, every, every creative, well, every entrepreneur as well goes through that where they just have a string of misses and it's just like, man... This is tough. So I was kind of a, a bit of a low point and it really did help just to have somebody go, well, you're good enough. You clearly know what you're talking about. Um, and, and so we just need to address these other sides. Um, and, and I think it is the having that feedback loop really does help with that, that emotional reset to kind of to kind of have someone from the outside, I suppose, go, well, look, this is what you've achieved so far. This is what you've think about where you've come from rather than where you're going and i think looking at where you've come from might actually give you a bigger picture of where you're actually headed yeah and i think with resilience as well with that is that you in your mind feel that you've tried everything or doing everything right mm. and i think the resilient person does that they will literally pick up every single stone and see what's underneath it mm. but then at the same time there's someone ahead of you that's already done it who said did you yeah you thought you've got 20 stones on the floor but actually there's 50, but you just don't see them or where they are. Right. And so that's the sometimes where the resilient person sometimes has to be like, well, I've done everything I think I need to do or that is in my awareness of what I need to do. But actually there's someone out there that will say, actually, no, there's oh. these things as well. Have you done those? And you're like, oh, shit. It, yeah. And that's I had so many of those moments in that meeting. I've got four pages yeah. of things that I need to do exactly. just from that that 45 minute meeting. Exactly. And that's a part of resilience is saying, okay, I think I've done everything that I need to do. Now let's speak to somebody else who is doing what I want to do. And then they'll go to them and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you've done all those. Great. And they've not worked. Okay, but why aren't you doing all these things? And you'll be like, oh, shit, I didn't know that was possible. Mm -hmm. And I find that all the time when I, with my business, I make sure I speak to people who are five, ten years ahead of me because they'll show you those stones that you don't see. And that resilient person is aware of that and actually looks to mm -hmm. find the option. They know the option. Again, it's just to understand that, yes, the the, the the way to solve the problem is there the riddle is there someone knows the answer it's just how do i continually kind of move forward to figure that out mm -hmm. and understand that the answer does exist and i will figure it out it's just it's going to take a little longer yeah mm. yeah so um so sorry so in terms of creating that resilience mm -hmm. beyond beyond obviously because we talked about a lot of the the recognition and having people is there any other things that 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 maybe or, or maybe even any difficulties people have in making themselves resilient that you are aware of because um, i know you've read up a lot on this with like the obstacles the way and yeah. things like that i think number one like there is that emotional side to it but there's a physical side to it as well i think people in good health are more resilient mm. you've got more energy you're less tired you're feeling good about yourself physically as well um i find probably me me going to the gym i like having cold showers i'm sure this stuff plays into resilience in this yeah. physio physiological way as well that you're pushing against stuff you couldn't do yesterday you don't want to get in a cold shower but you think fuck it i'm just going to get in it and stuff like that so there's all these ways that you can train your body as well to become more resilient mm -hmm. um but yeah i think the probably the biggest thing is the emotional side of things but that takes the reading going to talks going to mentors stuff like that that takes it's time. interesting though actually because like the emotional stuff i think now in the 
world that we're in where you've got podcasts on demand, audiobooks on demand, books that you can buy for five quid off Amazon and have delivered to your house, and you can pretty much order any book that's ever been written these days, um, and courses that you can buy online that people take you through, and yoga, well, not so much yoga, but the... Um, all that stuff is so readily available now. I feel like the emotional side, so long as you actually apply what's being told to you, is much more easier to achieve now than it was. But I think the physical side, I think, is where so many people fall down. And actually, interestingly, almost ironically, in the last couple of weeks, I've gone, man, I really need to sort... Like, that's I've talked about the fact that I've started my sleep hacking again recently. Mm-hmm. Um I want to get back into a routine with the gym. I've improved my diet um, again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a step rather than a massive overhaul, but a mm-hmm. step. And I want to continue that momentum because I've kind of gone, man, my energy levels are just, mm-hmm. they're not where they should be. And I feel like I could get so, I could achieve so much more of what I want to achieve if I don't have that slump in the middle of the day for three or four hours. And I don't, you know, I can work through till about 11 o'clock at night to get the stuff that I want to get ticked off my list, ticked off and not feel like I'm not going to be able to get up till 10 in the morning if I do that. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of, I've hit that barrier now where I'm kind of like emotionally, I think I'm good. For the most part, I mean, we've all got our issues, but physically, that's the thing that's holding me back. And I think we can forget so much about the physical side. Yeah, and I think same thing. It's like a, a stiff body that's not very mobile. Exactly like the mind. The Are you mind. talking about me? <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> no, but I think it's just we know it's attached. That's why yoga and all these sort of Western, mm. um, Eastern, sorry, is all there is this idea that a loose body means you've got a loose mind. You can think freely. You've got this energy flowing. A resilient person is free-flowing. Therefore, mm. if your body's not free-flowing, you're not a resilient person. So it's then you're resilient to attack. You fall over. Do you? Does it hurt you because you're stiff and you pull a muscle, or are you loose so you hit the floor and you just fall and you're okay? Yeah. So I think you have to think of it that way. I know that's a bit wishy-washy, but actually I think that generally that's something that people need to consider. But on the, I just wanted to touch quickly on the bit you were saying about yeah, the emo- the on the emotional side, yeah, all the books and the videos and this stuff are available. But it's are you ready to take on what you're hearing as well? Yeah, well, that's why I said that's about, the biggest like, little switch. Having to execute on what, so long as you're executing on what you're hearing. But even then, but like, are you ready to execute? That's the thing. Are well, you? Yeah, that's right. what I'm worried. Like people, the information is there, and I was the same. I read all the books, but it took one little thing that hit a switch in me, and it kind of that's what pushed me over the edge. It was like, ah, do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but even then, I mean, obviously execute on what you're hearing. But even then, after a certain amount of time you're going to hear the same tropes, the same concepts again and again and again. And eventually kind of by osmosis, you're kind of going to become much more self-aware because you're going to start recognizing your own behavior. You're going to start recognizing your own emotions for what they are. So even if you don't, which you should, but even if you don't execute, eventually you're going to see a positive upturn in your emotional state anyway. And I think I did for the first couple of years. It was mostly consumption for me rather than actually mm-hmm. anything else. Mm-hmm. And that really did make a huge difference in my emotional well-being and has continued to compound anyway. So all I'm saying is I guess the, um, the emotional side requires less now mm-hmm. um, than the physical side, I would argue. But hey, you want to be yin and yang, just have. But it. obviously, <laughs> yeah. you, obviously, you want to execute yeah. all of it. But yeah. I think, I think it's so easy, particularly as far as resilience is concerned, because things like this people consider to be an emotional 
problem. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's it's the whole package, as you say, the yin, the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. So you've got to cover both bases. Yeah. Cool. Great. Uh, just before we wrap up, any particular resources? Because I know there's a lot of, we've talked about a lot of concepts in there. Any particular resources that you'd say, like, right, if you want help clarifying this and ideas on how to become more resilient? Um, I think for the mind, I think, yeah, Obstacle is the Way is a great book to mm-hmm. read. Um uh, resilience again is a practice though so yeah you can yeah. read loads of it just just start doing things and start questioning when you hit a wall do you just stop or just i mean look into your behavior if you're not getting what you want it's probably because you do lack resilience and then see where you're lacking mm. also look at this diagram we're going to share in terms of the body i'll just check out like people like ido portal i'll send i'll put a link to one of his youtube where he talks a bit more philosophy philosophy around the body and the movement stuff which i think is really important so i'll share that but um yeah, that's all I think for now, actually. I I'd also say a bit of meditation can't help. Uh, can't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it can't help. <laughs> a bit yeah. of meditation can't hurt. Yeah. Um, Headspace, you can get that app on your phone just for some basic meditation stuff and you can upgrade if you want to do more. Yeah, stuff. and I mean, especially for like looking for options available where your next step is, that little space out or time out usually kind of gives you the answers. I think mm. that's what causes it. If you've got that, all those things covered, you are your mind's in a more creative space mm-hmm. and you're going to see the other option that you didn't try really yeah most definitely great cool great a lot of stuff in there um so we'll wrap up as always if you have any thoughts um please send them over wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or gem at powerfulnonsense.com spelled c-e-m um and if you could leave us an itunes review we would be eternally grateful five stars or more would be super um or even on stitcher or whatever the other podcast players of choice and platforms of choice um any reviews on there also helps get us under the noses of people that have not yet encountered us five stars or more greatly appreciated um yeah that's it so uh thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next time see you later see you later